This is Annie Grace, and you're listening to this Naked Mind podcast, where without judgment, pain, or rules, we explore the role of alcohol in our lives and culture. This is Annie Grace, and welcome to this Naked Mind podcast. I have a special guest with me today. This is Denita, and she's going to talk about your story. So welcome. Thanks so much for being here. Yes, I'm happy to be here. And as I say on your app, which I love, those people have pulled me through. It's at one point, it seemed like the impossible. And you too with your book. So I always say, you guys are the best friends I've never met. <laughs> oh, that's awesome. That's a really cute yeah. thing. I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to use that. It's adorable. Yeah. That's really cool. So why don't you, you know, walk us all the way back sort of to the very beginning with where did it all start? Okay, well, I'm 61, so it's going to be a long walk. No, I'm just, <laughs> I'll shorten my walk. Um, I was raised by uh, actually non-drinkers. So in a way, I felt like my alcohol car had no brakes. You know, I'm like, <laughs> just go. But actually, I didn't, um, like in high school, I didn't experiment like uh, most kids, I was more into donuts and fudge sickles, you know, and anyway, uh, but I did, I remember getting a cold once and I guess my mom bought me some NyQuil and, um, so I'm drinking the NyQuil and sleeping really great. And I'm thinking, Hey, it's pretty good stuff. So, um, <laughs> although it's actually horrible stuff, um, <laughs> I kept drinking, uh, taking the NyQuil after I didn't have a cold, you know, <laughs> I remember, and of course it's got a big percentage of alcohol in it. I don't know, 10, maybe I got, I stepped off the school bus one day, you know, and it, and of course I'd started di- drinking like say the cup and a half instead of just the cup. And, um, I got really dizzy and I thought, well, oh, I better quit drinking that. So in a way I was smarter then. <laughs> At later on, you know, I, I had a boyfriend for a couple of years, uh, from 20 to 22. He told me he was an alcoholic, and I'm like, okay, whatever. And they say the first step to recovery is admitting it. Well, that was the first, last, and only step he was going to do. <laughs> so <laughs> on the, <laughs> on the uh, days he worked through the week, you know, he'd drink beer. On the weekends, he'd carry around a, a little flask in his pocket and I'm thinking what do you need that for and um anyway we broke up which was really good um <laughs> and uh let's see I then I got married at 23 I think it was I had uh three kids in the 80s and during that time I really didn't drink at all and uh even before that time with the boyfriend it was just social uh, drinking and um, you know not bad it, at one point I had this little almost alert in my head if you drink any more than this you're gonna get sick and I'd slow down and stop eventually you drink long enough there is no alert anymore <laughs> so yay um, I really admire my daughter at 29 uh, we were talking one day and I had told her, I wasn't even in trouble by then. Um, we had told, uh, she had told me um, that she didn't get that alert. And mm-hmm. she stopped at 29. 
I think she went to some AA meetings and stuff. And so I was so proud of her. I mean, the young people that catch it and stop, you know, they're amazing because, I mean, they've got the more peer pressure, whether you're a young mom, you know, with all these wine clubs. I don't know. I don't know if they get together with the kids and drink wine. Who drives? But anyway, um, <laughs> it's just weirdness. Um, I'm glad that I didn't have that then because, you know, that probably sounded pretty good to me. But I, through the kids when they were little, they were two years apart. I really didn't drink at all, hardly. I remember I went back to work when my youngest was 18 months old. I did a 3 to 11 shift. My husband was going to school on the VA. So it worked out perfect. We didn't have babysitters. And one night after work, I went to um, I went to a bar hopping, you know, with these two girls. This is the first time I've drank in years and years. The smaller uh, girl I was with had, a, she thought she was pregnant. So she stayed clear of the alcohol. The other girl, I thought, well, I'm bigger than her. I'll just match her drink from for drink. Well, she drank all the damn time. I didn't know this. Um, <laughs> they uh -huh. dropped me. Yeah, they dropped me off at home, and I was feeling good. I was like doing that risky business slide across the floor with the socks. I was having a a great old time, and then it hit me. And in the hallway bathroom, I was throwing up. You know, like a scene from The Exorcist, not, uh, you know, curled on the, <laughs> and when I wasn't curled on the ball, you know, on, on the ball, in a ball by the toilet. It woke my husband up. He comes out and he says, you got to get up. You got to move. You got to, you got to go to bed. Our daughter, when she gets up, she'll think you're dead. If the bedrooms, I don't know how I didn't wake up all the kids. Um, <laughs> I said, I will be dead <laughs> by then. <laughs> you know, I mean, I felt like, I probably should have gone to the emergency room, but I also felt like, oh, if you die of this, you really deserve that. Um, <laughs> but um, anyway, it got me to bed. I didn't drink much at all then. Uh, when the kids were a little older, uh, you know, we had trouble. We separated. I did. I had a friend. We did. Uh, we had social drinking. There was still no. It was still the honeymoon phase of the whole alcohol thing. And so it was, you know, good, you know, good times. I didn't drink too much. My son, my young, my, yeah, my youngest son, he said, I've told the kids about the interview, you know, and he says, he's like, he wants honorable, honorable mention. He was terror teen. He was absolutely terror teen. He says, I probably drove you to drunk drink. I said, no, you didn't. I said, I didn't drink that much. Then I did a few social drinking with my friends. I did never went to the extreme with that um, because I really had to keep a, my wits about me uh, for this kid. Uh, I, I don't know. <laughs> we couldn't both be nuts, um, you know. <laughs> so <laughs> anyway, so you know, it's, and I also believe I don't. I know people can push your buttons. People can make you want to drink. People can do, other, but ultimately, you're the one that picks up the drink. You're the one that's harming your uh, body and your mind. And you can blame somebody else all the, you want, but that was your decision to do it. And I told him, no, I said, you are not at all to blame at all. And I said, and for one thing, um, 
we didn't, I didn't really get started until I was like 50. And at this point, I believe you can probably tell me if this is true or not. I must have hit the uh, two largest growing populations of the drinkers, uh, the older mm -hmm. people and the women. Yeah. Go me. Um, <laughs> sorry. Uh, and, and you know what starts out? I'm still like me and my husband's empty nest. And we're like a couple of frat boys, you know, um, you know, like I said, my family came, uh, they were non-drinkers. My grandmother actually said once, lips that touch liquor will never touch mine, which, you know, you know, got an eye roll, of course, you know, but anyway, um, they were Baptists and Baptists uh, don't drink. Well, it, unless it's secret, uh, most of them, I guess, but and I always thought, for his first miracle, Jesus turns the water into wine. So I single-handedly went around to change this Baptist. You know, that, that's no fair to leave it to just the Catholics, Methodists, or whoever's doing it. And I'm, um, I, don't, I love being a Christian, but yeah, this was not going to work. Um, turns out, you know, those Baptists are on to something, because I don't care whether you are a uh, the most devout Christian in the world or uh, an atheist, you drink enough, you're going to violate your own moral cord, uh, code, mm -hmm. <laughs> cord, whatever. Anyway, um, <laughs> so, so like I say, we're still in the, the honeymoon phase, you know, from the 50 to 55, you know, having a grand old time with our little wine and his beer. And sometimes he'd buy a big, bottle of whiskey and stuff and it was really kind of uh happy now i can now disassociate happiness from the alcohol it's the experiences the people you're with that's what makes you happy and half the time i can't even remember stuff um so eventually you know it got more and more I have to, I really don't like a lot of reality, um, and I'm a magic, I'm a magic pill person. If I could have, um, well, I'll get to a pill later, but anyway, if I could have had my little alcohol monster surgically removed, done it in a minute. I just, you know, I wouldn't have uh, hesitated, you know, I'd rather have major surgery than like do anything, actually work, you know. Anyway, uh, 2015, about I went to a party uh, I get together at work and I work with uh, nurses I'm a what they call a health unit coordinator where it's a unit secretary you watch the heart monitors so on and so forth and um, so I go to this party with nurses and I am um, a funny drunk <laughs> you know quite entertaining apparently um, so I was drinking, and um, funny enough, even though the alert hadn't been going off, um, I kind of got that feeling like, oh, you got to slow down or stop. Well, they kept, and these are nurses, a couple of them, kept handing me drinks, kept handing me drinks, kept handing me drinks. I only remember the beginning and the end of that party, and um, the husband was taking videos. I didn't even realize much about blackouts. I know, obviously, I had had them before because I'd wake up, and my sense of humor uh, is a blessing and a curse. I can find humor in just about anything. 
So I'd get up in the mornings hungover thinking, oh, God, I'm sorry. <laughs> what happened? What did drunk me do now? And, um, <laughs> you know, I, uh, so, you know, I did, there'd be bruises all over my arms and different places. And I was like, oh, this is, hmm. And not remember, and I somehow don't even associate that with the blackout. I didn't know people had that they were real or something. I don't know. Anyway, so it, during this party, the my husband was filming the different things. I was I was walking around talking, uh, performing fake. I was like what you'd call the life of the party, uh, performing fake marriage ceremonies. My friend had had a couple of unfortunate marriages. And she was dating another guy, and which I said, oh, don't you guys get married. Anyway, it was, uh, <laughs> I saw this video. I could not believe it. I was actually horrified that I was, I just couldn't believe seeing myself walking around, talking, directing people, doing all this stuff, just having a great time. No memory at all of wow. any of it. And... Um, at the end of the party, the, the last part I remember, um, as I was leaving the party, um, one of the other guests looks at me kind of, she goes, what are you going to do about the drinking? And I'm like, God, I thought she was like way worse than me. <laughs> I'm in deep <laughs> shit now. Anyway, so that was what I call my... Um, what fresh hell is this search mm. i searched online i found your book because i was looking for alternative to aa because i wanted power over this i i i didn't want to say i was powerless i don't have a problem with the christian apps as aspect i wish i could talk um it would help in interviews you know if you could talk uh but anyway i wish i had that uh I've lost it. Yeah, I don't mind the Christian aspect. But I, on the other thing, hand, I got myself into this mess. I felt I should get myself out. He's got better things to do. Um, <laughs> and, and I didn't want to, I don't know if it's a woman thing or an older woman thing, but to go to a meeting and stand up and say, I'm Danita, an alcoholic for the next however long I live, you know, when I don't drink, you know, I didn't, I, I, I like a few of their things one day at a time that really helped this last time I quit. Um, but anyway, getting back to your book, <laughs> I found your book. I read your book, 2015, the first printing, I believe that was right. Yeah. Yep. And, and oh, it clicked. Uh, this it was like, this is it. Hey, I've got it. Um, this is the ticket. I, I'm I'm out of here. You know, this is great. I got on your website, the This Naked Mind community. I was doing all these profound blogs and I was posting and just, you know, anybody that was struggling, give them a little help or something. And it's like I missed a whole darn point or something. Because after a while, I did, I was doing so well. I thought, well, yeah, I'm sure I can drink again. There's no problem. Um, I got this. I got this. So I don't got this. Um, <laughs> I started drinking and 
every time, 100% failure on moderation. There was no, you know, it just, I just fell deeper and deeper every time. Um, I once uh, ordered snow boots online. I wasn't even sure what I'd done till I got up and I still wasn't sure. I thought, oh God, I hope I didn't order snow boots. I got one of these little Uggs, the darker brown mid uh, calf. I get in the mail, a tall cat, you know, up to the knee, light suede boots with uh, winter sweater material sewn around their ankle. And I thought, yeah, that's the look I had too. <laughs> uh, they did come in handy later because in um, May of 2017, of course, I'm still in the midst of all my shit. And um, the husband, I noticed his, he was drinking six beers a day. And I noticed he was creeping up sometimes to eight, seven. He denies nine, but I remember nine. Anyway, <laughs> I told him, I said, you know, we're getting too old not to have conse health consequences for our actions. And he must have been thinking about it or, uh, because he was one of those spontaneous quit persons. I gave him Jason Vale's book. I thought he'd relate better to that, you know, uh, as a man. And um, he only read you know, part of it and quit. He stayed uh, a non-drinker from um, May to May. <laughs> he decided to celebrate his year with beer. So, I mean, we get completely different mindsets about this. He he still misses it. He he might have a beer once in a while. I'm, you know, afraid he'll fall into the pitcher plant eventually. But, and then... I, you know, had gotten so almost hopeless by this point. I finally decided, because I kept trying this way over and over again. And I finally got to the point, I thought, well, AA must be right. I am powerless over this. I've, you know, I've lost all control. I mean, I would wake up, and like I said, bruises, and my husband would be so depressed that the people at work, I work night shift, they're going to they're gonna think they beat you. Well, he didn't, I would kill him. And um, <laughs> so drunk, drunk me or sober me. Ooh, no, we're not going to do that. Anyway, so I'd wear long sleeves, the lab jacket all night. Uh, but one day I wake up, this was something. I had so many red flags, I could have wallpapered the earth. And you know, I had to be hit over the head with them also. Anyway, and like I said, my sense of humor, it's just kind of bit me in the butt because I got up one morning and I had a cut over this eye, a slight, a slightly black eye. And I had taken those stary strips, the butterfly bandages and closed the cut with these. I looked at myself in the mirror and I thought I could not have found those bandages sober. I have no memory of the fall. I, um, I didn't have to work that night, so I was able to leave the cut closure strips on. Uh, when I did go back to work, you know, of course I took them off. I put so I, I did the makeup so well you could hardly notice. And I remember saying, "Yeah, I tripped over the cat. I got a gray floor. I got a gray cat." I, it could happen. I it looked like I fell headfirst into a, a 
a counter, you know, edge. So, um, by the way, I got to hand it to drunk me. I fixed that cut so well, a plastic surgeon couldn't have done it better. I don't, you know, <laughs> every once in a while, drunk for me would be like, most of the time, drunk me was like, what did you do? Well, I, I woke up one morning, there was a, I'd put a frozen chicken thigh in the crock pot and dumped a drained can of corn over it. I mean, I was very disappointed and drunk me that day because I thought, well, you, the dogs is not, it was horrible. Um, <laughs> out it went, but um, yeah, it's like most anybody else would have these things and uh, I'm gonna quit. I'm like, oh, this is terrible. But anyway, uh, so 2015, I, uh, one day I'm like, okay, so I am powerless. I print out all the AA information for about the fourth time and uh, just still couldn't bring myself to go. But I had decided that I was going to order drugs from India. I was either going to get naltrexone or antabuse and go to AA whenever they got here. Well, that locked up my account because I work night shift. And I tried to purchase drugs from India at three in the morning. Um, so in the meantime, with my count locked up, I went back to YouTube and saw different things. I, I saw Kevin O'Hara's Alcohol Mastery. He had this $10 little course. Um, and I thought, well, I'll just do that. And I kind of got to re-energize and re starting to believe it would work again. It didn't. Uh, <laughs> I start, it did for a while. And those stupid wine, the boots, I'd hide wine uh, in the boots because my husband did quit in May. And it, you know, it sounds self-serving that you're hiding stuff. But honestly, I know how I think. And if he had started drinking again, well, that's my ticket. I'm going to drink again too. So I didn't want him to know. So for three months, I managed to hide it. And then finally, um, oh, this, I, um, you know, I got back into your book. I got the audio version and uh, the website, you know, trying to get help, you know, to get out of this. And I came up with the, since I seem to be hopelessly stuck, I came up with the worst moderation plan in the history of moderation plans, I would guess. I bought one bottle of wine daily. And you should see me in the store trying to buy the wine. I am looking at the, you know, the alcohol content, the this and that, that I haven't choosing the right. Of course, I want the highest. And um, that's one thing about being a non-drinker I don't miss is alcohol. You know how people pair alcohol with food and stuff. I get the strongest stuff. I was for effect only. If it was too strong, you know, I'd put ice in it and dump a couple of packs of sweetener, totally ruin the wine for everybody else in the world. But um, <laughs> so, um, and I, I found out another unfortunate thing. I don't know if it's age or what, but I could now black out on a fewer, uh, a fewer amount of alcohol. Of course, you know, I, I'm always a binge drinker. I mean, it, and it turned into be daily. If you drink a daily bottle of wine, that's a 
binge drink right there. So one night I, um, I was drinking my wine. I spilled my wine. I'm not sure how much I had drank, but I was literally devastated. I mean, devastated that I had spilled my only wine. And the reason this moderation plan worked <clears throat> is because I would not drink and drive. <clears throat> Coffee. I thought. Uh, <laughs> anyway, um, but you see what you want to see. You make yourself believe what you want to believe. I spilled that wine. I was owed that wine. That was my plan for the night. I had to have that wine. So I got in the car I, and I convinced myself, I, you didn't have that much, you know, I got in the car and went and got another bottle of wine. I barely remember the drive. I say in my little story, I, I had a minor damage to the car, like a scratch dent on a guardrail. And I, I'm not even really sure if that was it because a few weeks ago, I was going down the woods to the home and there's some rocks close to the edge. And, um, you know, I was, as a non-drinker, I got a little close to the rocks. I thought, hey, that makes more sense in the guardrail. Maybe I did that. Anyway, <laughs> so I get up in the morning and there's that car um, with the scratch dent. And me and my husband are out there. I'm like horrified. And... So, and at this point, I'm still hiding my drinking, so he won't drink, and really, <laughs> so he won't drink. <laughs> I, it's, it's self-serving, too, you know, whatever. You don't want to advertise the failure factor, but um, so we look, and I said to him, uh, I said, yeah, I hit it on one of those shopping cart rails at Walmart. Well, they have cameras there. And I'm thinking, oh, no, we don't have cameras there. <laughs> it's, it's, it's okay. I'll just buff this out. It's a, no problem. Um, we don't need cameras. But I was so horrified. I thought, well, now, you know, now I'm a danger to others. I've been a danger to myself for years. <laughs> but now I've drunk the, I have drugged the public into this, you know. I could have... Mm -hmm killed people or an animal or in you know and the horror of it all so I knew I had to stop and out the problem with like reading your book and just getting it and just being so happy is wonderful and hopefully nine times out of 10, it, it works for people that, and they don't drink again. But you know, your little alcohol monster's tricky. I, I think of mine as lying in wait, you know? Right mm -hmm. now I can walk by a display of wine and you know, it could be Windex, you know, for all I care. Every once in a while I say, well, that's a pretty bottle. I'd have probably got that one if you know, I was still drinking, but um, it just means nothing to me now, you know? And, uh, but at first, you know, when I, and I was doing it your way again, I, I had, um, I had that day that the count froze up with the pills. I, um, canceled the sale in the morning and decided to try it again. Um, you know, this way. So the th problem is though, that's like two years of on and off drinking. And when I was on, I was, I was on. Um, 
you know, you don't, I don't even know how I managed the job and everything, but I was probably sick once due to alcohol. So I think that it's interesting because, um, well, so many things you said were interesting, but one of, you know, that idea of celebrating, like, oh, I'm so proud of myself. This was so easy. So I'll do it again. You know, I hear that. Um, definitely. That's not, it's not just you. I think a lot of no, people, think, well, because it was so easy, kind of the first time I'll do it again and get, get trapped again. But I do think that there's one thing that you should really recognize here is that you've had to prove it to yourself. You know what I mean? Like there's some, some people who can read the book and that's all they need. That's all the evidence mm -hmm. they need. And then there's other people who need to prove to themselves that they, that alcohol is, you know, really actually causing the destruction that, and you just have to get to a point where you're certain and you're sure. And so it doesn't necessarily matter how long that takes. I know that obviously you'd rather not have the dent in the car and not have the black <laughs> eye and stuff like that, but I mean, it, it is really all just part of the path. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, it's those blessings in disguise, I guess, but so being that I had messed around with this program so much on and off, I knew it would work. I knew without a doubt it would work. It worked for me the first time. And the problem is that you uh, mess with it too much. You go on and off and on and off. I got to, in 2017, you know, by the time I decided I needed to quit, this was no ifs, ands, or buts. Um, although I knew it would work, I had stopped believing that it would work for me. And it, that was more subconscious because I, I just, anyway, so, so what I did was I had to completely immerse myself um, to get it back to where I believed again and to where I had that freedom click. Um, I, uh, I watched uh, your videos all the time, uh, some more alcohol mastery and um, the stop drinking expert. When I was, I would put it on in the car. I drank, I drank, who did we get back to that? I, 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 <laughs> I um, I read uh, book after book after book, alcohol memoirs and everything I could get my hands on. And I just, it was a total immersion. And that, that first three days of my last quit, it was like I was hanging on by my paper thin fingernails. And <laughs> something about though, getting to that third day, passing that third day, I had hope again. I wasn't, it still hadn't clicked, but I had hope that I could do it. Something about that three days. And um, so, you know, I kept going on. I could not sleep for the life of me because I was putting myself out. Shoot, I would drink um, wine and, you know, wash down an Ambien. Well, <laughs> so when I was drinking, I banned myself from the phone after an unfortunate um, Facebook post that just, I just looked at it the next day and it was like, oh, uh, that was the sentence. Oh, I mean, <laughs> and people were laughing. I'm like, um, one of the nurses like, 
the keyboard's drunk. <laughs> and I was like, I was like, you know, you're trying to downplay it. You're like, well, I just I had my ambient and you know, that makes you goofy. I didn't, I left out the wine part. <laughs> so anyway, um, but yeah, I, I just had to do total immersion in the car. The video was on not looking at it, but listening to it. Um, I had your book on audio, put that on everywhere I went. Um, and the app, you know, I just would talk to the people, you know, everybody, since it's global, you know, everybody's, somebody's always awake. So if you have a question or you're going through a rough time, I mean, you get multitude of um, ideas to help, you know, so it was, you know, they pulled me through by month two, is when it finally clicked in again for me, when it finally um, uh, worked. Because uh, I was walking through the kitchen one day, it was almost like an audible, I call it my freedom click. I was walking in the kitchen and I thought, hey, wait a minute, I have not been thinking about alcohol one way or the other. How to quit, how not, you know, to drink or not to drink, you know, that is the question. <laughs> I, you know, I, yeah. And that was just a miraculous more, you know, moment for, from then on. And I do still try and stay on guard because, like I said, I believe my little alcohol monster is. He's in a coma or something. I'd like to think he's dead, but I, I know how he is. <laughs> Whine and wait. Just wait. I mean, just let, like that one time I said, you know, walk by a, a display. And most of the time it could be Windex or whatever. And I'm like, it's a pretty bottle. Oh, I'd have got that if I was drinking. <laughs> but anyway, so he's still in there somewhere. <laughs> wow, it's, it's awesome. I love this. This this is a great, great story that you're sharing because I think that so many, so many people do um, have to find. You know, I did all that work before I kind of quit the. I tried to quit so many times and I did all that research and work and then it was really sure for me. But I think there are times where you just need your own experiences. You need to prove to yourself that this is what you want to do. And then you do like, I love the technique of just immersing yourself in like lots of different voices. I find myself doing that when I want to learn something too, is because some, the way one person says it slightly different than how something else says it. And then, you know, you get, um, different voices and anyway it's just I really appreciate you sharing the story because I think that a lot of people really relate to your journey yeah I always say it took, it took a village to get me straight <laughs> but um I, there was one incident I didn't mention because to this day I try not to associate it with alcohol which is crazy but anyway 2011 I was off work I had a brand new uh, recipe for the crock pot I was really looking forward to better than drunk me's ideas for crock pot use, but yeah, it's really good. And so I had all, and I've been, um, it was my first night off. So I stay up a little later and do things. And um, I had my beef in the crock pot and all my little seasonings. And I thought, I'm gonna go out and check the mail. This was January. And although it doesn't snow a whole lot here, which is another reason I don't need those snow boots, but anyway, I'm <laughs> I managed, I had those generic Crocs. Now, if you step on ice, if you step on a painted strip in a parking lot that's wet, your foot slips. 
Well, the neighbors across the way were moving a storage building and I'm kind of looking at them. I step on the ice, I slip on the ice. I broke my shoulder. I, uh, yeah, I had to drag it over here. I walked in the house and I'm totally in denial. I'm like sitting on the edge of the um, chair. And um, my, my thought was, maybe if I just go to bed, I wake up, it'll be, it won't be real. And um, then I started to feel myself go pale and sweaty, maybe into shock or something. So my husband was working nights at the time too. So I walk in there and I said, uh, I need to go to the emergency room. And he says, okay, out of a dead sleep. He goes, okay, he leaps up, runs to the bathroom. That was my only lighthearted moment of the morning. I thought, he doesn't even know what's wrong with me. Probably thinks I'm having a heart attack. And <laughs> anyway, we get, but the thing, the point is to that, to this day, as much as I know, I try not to blame alcohol. Well, because I didn't have my standard amount. I mean, I wasn't drunk enough to do that, basically. <laughs> I, mean, I had a couple of big glasses, maybe three, who knows. You know, and that comes back to the thought, well, had you not had any, would you have seen the ice? <clears throat> would you yeah. have paid less attention to your neighbors? And it's weird that to this day, I... I like to say, darn neighbors, darn ice, darn generic Crocs, <laughs> not, <sighs> you drank a bunch of wine, <laughs> you know, <laughs> it's weird. It is funny, plays tricks on us. Mm -hmm. Well, um, I, have, I have one more question that I always ask at the end of, of these, and that's, you know, really, if you were going to go back and tell yourself, you know, not, not the stuff that was in that early days where you just found it really happy and really easy, but the self that really started to struggle and couldn't see your way out of it. Um, if you're going to tell yourself about what life is like sort of now and what, mm -hmm. what, what would you say? It's like, don't ever, don't ever start. You're going to have to quit. It's not going to be pretty. <laughs> you're, <clears throat> I mean, don't fall for the hype. You know, it's, it's an addictive liquid. Nobody ever tells you that. You do not want to be controlled by a liquid in a bottle. This will happen. <laughs> and it will be awful. So, you know, it's, it's a deceptive um, fun. Yeah, I don't, I, I, I disregard the honeymoon phase of alcohol. <clears throat> and now it's important for other people to kind of, you know, I mean, quitting has an end of, to, of the honeymoon phase where it's just you, it's just your normal life again. And that, that needs to be embraced. This is me. I don't drink. Um, mm -hmm. So uh, it's not to the point where you would think, where the honeymoon of non-drinking ends, you want to sometimes think, well, maybe I can drink again. You know, no, it's just, the honeymoon phase, that's fine. It's now it's normal life. It's who I am and it's what I choose to be. So um, I just like go with the flow anymore, you know, as long as the flow is not alcohol. <laughs> but, <laughs> that's beautiful. I think that's really well said. I think that's a really... 
really important thing for people to hear that, you know, there is, um, and I've heard it articulated a lot of different ways and some people do it even, they don't go back to drinking, some people do, but that, that euphoria of, so you're drinking and life really sucks and then life gets so much better when you stop drinking, but then it really levels out because mm-hmm. life is just life. And so you've got ups and downs and then some trick in our brain says, oh, well, wait, maybe, maybe I could add some excitement here, you know, mm-hmm. and um, just to really say, well, no, that, that mm-hmm. wasn't, you know, that wasn't good for me the yeah. first time, but that's really, really good thought. Yeah. Well, thank you so much, Denise. It's been really cool. I love your story. I love your sense of humor. All the laughter, <laughs> it's clear you're yeah. a very joyful person. That does help you get through uh, the worst of times. So, yeah. (laughs) All right. Well, have a wonderful day and just thank you again. It was a wonderful interview. I'm really looking forward to sharing it with people. Okay. Well, thank you. And it was nice to video meet you. My best friend. Yeah, you too. (laughs) Yeah. (laughs) Oh, I I wanted to tell you every time I sign on to your um, app, it's a uh, new joiner, new joiner. New, I just, wow. <laughs> That's all I can say. I know. It's I so like, big. Yeah. So yes. And it needs, it's good. It needs to, you know, the message message is it's great. It's getting out there. So many people need help. So many people have been tricked into this. So anyway. <laughs> well, that's so cool. That's awesome. All right. Well, have a wonderful day. You too. Bye. This has been Annie Grace with This Naked Mind Podcast. Thank you so much for listening. You can learn more at thisnakedmind.com. And please remember to rate, review, and subscribe as it really helps us spread the word.